Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Have you ever heard of the, uh, the expression or when someone says, well, let me tell you the truth, or the truth is. And, and usually when, when someone emphasizes that, it kind of catches your attention. I think sometimes people don't necessarily recognize that when, when they say, well, the truth is, does it negate what they've already been saying? Like, that wasn't really the truth. Now this is the truth. And I don't think that's what people say. But, but words get into our vocabulary and we say them. Sometimes we don't even know what we're saying. Today I want to share with you a passage where the Apostle Paul, great writer of the New Testament, he's writing to someone he'd, who he'd been training. And, and he tells him, he talks, explains him the truth. And, and he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. And so I'm, I'm reading that letter, and it's a small letter in the New Testament, and it's to, to a young pastor of a church, a young leader in, in a growing, expanding, um, on-fire church around the first century. And he says, this is a trustworthy saying. In other words, the truth is, Timothy, the truth is, and then he goes on to tell four pretty for pretty important truths and the one and we're not going to get into all of them I really want to just tackle the last four but he's the all of the letter has to do with the truth but he just is emphasizing well the truth is or this is a trustworthy saying if we die with Christ we're going to live with him and that's that promise of eternal life. And he's reminding Timothy that, that our lives are, uh, are, are designed for, for here to worship him, but they're designed to continue on as well. And, and then he says this. He said, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. Timothy knew something of hardship. Uh, he, he knew what it was to be a young pastor, a young leader, and, and sometimes maybe not even get the respect that he needed because Paul writes in another part. Uh, of these letters to him. And so he says to him, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. Once again, he's talking about what happens here in this earth, but also what will happen later. And, and then he says, if we deny him, he will deny us. And, and it goes back to that idea that any, if, if we acknowledge him on earth, one day he's going to acknowledge us before his heavenly father. And, and, and Jesus said this to his disciples. But then he gets to that fourth point. He says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Now, when you read that, when you, when you start looking and following that list and how it goes, you think, well, if we're unfaithful, well, then he's going to stop being faithful with us. That's just, you almost are sucked into that because that's how the other, ver the, the other three points were. But on this occasion... How you act and how I act doesn't change the way God is going to act. God is faithful. And so he says to Timothy, this is a trustworthy saying. In other words, 
let's, I want to give you a little more truth on this. God can't change who he is. Your circumstances may change because he's already highlighted the fact of enduring hardship. He also even talks about, he, he's implying even dying for the faith or dying with Christ. Um, how did Christ die? He died a painful death, a, a, a rejected, uh, for being rejected by those who were even following him. And so we get a glimpse of that in his letter to Timothy. He says, Timothy, God can't change who he is. He is faithful. Now, there is an implication here that we can be unfaithful. In fact, we're unfaithful every day. Um, we get trapped into to, to all the things and all the trappings maybe that, that, that come along with this life. And, and so he says, if we are unfaithful, the truth is we are unfaithful. Um, but it says he can't deny who he is. He can't just all of a sudden wake up one day and say, I'm going to be unfaithful. Because that's not who God is. God remains constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is faithful. A little more truth today that I want us to look at is the faithfulness of God. Because I, I, I really believe that if we can understand his faithfulness, it will help us. Uh, to navigate the pitfalls and, and, the, and the moments when it just doesn't make sense. There's a verse in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and maybe you've heard it. And I want to read it to you, but then I want to I share with you a little something that I saw this week. The scripture says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, the temptations you face and I face, they're common. All mankind has experienced them, and they might have different subgroupings and different titles. But it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But it follows that temptation part by saying, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, as I'm, as I'm reading this, I, I think about the different seasons in my life when I've read this verse. And there, and there are different temptations that we go through. And I think sometimes different temptations go along with different time periods that we're in. And, and, and I read this and I thought, oh, you know, the common temptations, right? Like whether it's, it's lust or alcohol or, um, I, mean, I mean, there's, I mean, I could, I mean, there's all envy, pride, um, idolatry. You know, like, well, we don't have a lot of that here. Well, yeah, we do. Wanting more and more, uh, worshiping money, uh, worshiping possessions. I mean, uh, there's not one thing that you couldn't buy if you wanted to. I mean, you could go out to, to, to Best Buy or Walmart or, or you can just get on Amazon. You can pretty much order anything you want. Yeah, you might have to not get something else, or maybe you could skip paying a bill, or, but you could get it. Most of us could get it uh, because we have, these are things that are worshipped in our society. And I think about all these temptations either that are kind of common to man. And, and, and I mentioned a few of them, and, and they're common at different seasons, different periods of time. But he says, no, over, no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man, but God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Well, 
there's a temptation that, that I think it's subtle. I don't think we always see it. Or, or maybe we don't always recognize it as a temptation. But I saw it in this passage. Or maybe I saw it from a new lens. Paul writes Timothy earlier in this passage. And says, God remains faithful. Well, now here Paul is writing another church in a town called Corinth. And he says, he says it's about temptation. There's a subtle temptation that, that I believe is called despair. It, it, it's when, when, when people give up. They lose hope because they're pressured on all sides. It feels like there is no way out. There is no hope. Or at least their mind tells them that. And they fall into this temptation of despair. And the reason I call it a temptation of despair is because it's not based on any truth. Despair has nothing to do with eternal truth. Necessarily, it has, it has more to do with, the, with the, that fixed point that we're living in at the time. We believe that, oh, I, I, there's no way out of this. There's no path forward. There's, what can I do? And, and so we, that subtle temptation of saying, I have no hope. And the Bible says that no temptation that comes upon you is uncommon. It's happened to all mankind. The world is filled with people who have gone through great despair. And they've called out to God. And, and they've, they've cried tears to Him. And asking Him to intercede. There's... I really believe there's no temptation quite as, quite as bad as despair. Because it's at the point of despairing that you start to forget the faithfulness of God. Paul said, if we are unfaithful, whether that's uh, with other sin, sins and temptations, or this temptation of despairing and believing God can't do it, the Bible says he remains faithful. He remains able and more than able, more than capable of accomplishing this. The scripture says he gives us hope. Because he is faithful, he gives us the ability and a way out. He gives us an escape. Well, I believe the escape to despair is, is found in him. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this. God is faithful, through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, a, a few years ago, um, Peter Jackson, a, a filmmaker, it redid the, um, the, the famous book written by J.R. Tolkien, uh, of The Lord of the Rings. And the, the early scenes of that movie, uh, there is a fellowship that is formed. There is a, there's a young hobbit who's a small creature who is going to carry the most powerful ring uh, that is controlling people and he's going to destroy it uh, everyone else is tempted to put it on and use it for themselves but he's going to have to go through this harrowing journey of all kinds of obstacles and and trials and attacks and they realize he can't do it alone and so there are three other races uh, there in the the fictional land of Middle Earth that say that they're going to help him. Uh, one is the uh, uh, one of the the mighty elf warriors, and he says, "I'll give you my bow." And the human king says, 
and I'll give you my sword. And then there's the, 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 mining, the mining dwarves who, who, who have their axes. He said, and I'll give you my axe. So one says, I'll give you my sword. The other says, I'll give you my bow. The other says, I'll give you my axe. And there's this other person who joins, and he says, basically questioning the whole idea of this fellowship, and he joins in, but more out of obligation and... and um, not wanting to be called a coward that he would not fight as well. But a fellowship is formed nonetheless. And when you think about a fellowship, what is it about? It's a strong bond. It's, it's, it's things coming together. And, and, and maybe you think about molecules or you think about atoms and, and, or maybe you think about a braid. But a fellowship is a strong bond. And in fact, the way Paul is talking about it and describing it, it's the strongest bond. And it's a reminder that within that bond, there is something that holds it together even more so than the sheer will of the people who've joined it. And it's God himself and his faithfulness. He says to the church at Corinth, he says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship, into this bond with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. A fellowship is the reminder of God's faithfulness. When you and I were called to walk after Christ, we joined into something that's stronger than ourselves. In fact, this fellowship gives us strength from despairing. And is that truth that reminds us that God is faithful and he can't deny himself. He can't deny his promises to you because he has formed that fellowship with us through his son. Paul wrote earlier to Timothy, he says, it's a trustworthy saying, Timothy. If we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. What makes us unfaithful? We despair. We toss aside our fellowship. Or, or maybe as Hebrews indicates, um, it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. See, what happens is, is what's implied here is that sometimes we waver, or a lot of times we waver, forgetting the confession that we had, this confession of our hope. What is your hope? What is my hope? Well, it's a trustworthy saying that if we die with him, we will rise with him. We will live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. But it's also a truthful saying that if we deny him, he will deny us. But, but, but I want you to get this because I don't want that just to be the last thing you remember. I want you to know that he can't change his faithfulness. And so here in the writer of Hebrews said this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And that word actually means to go into decline. Um, I've always thought of it as like the waves on an ocean where, you know, if, if you stand in one place, you find yourself being moved. And, and I think that's what we think of with a wave. But the word has its, has its roots in, in decline. So, so think about this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without declining. So it's a trustworthy saying that he says to Timothy, Timothy, God is faithful. And, and and I want you to understand that, that your faith, 
could go through despair. It can go through storms. It can go through these things that pull at it that, that could lead you into decline. But over and over again, the scriptures remind us that God is faithful to his promises. It says a little later in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. And, and, and for me, as I read that, the one word that jumped out to me was settle. And you're like, well, I don't see settle in that verse. It's probably not in that verse, right? Faithful is he who calls you, and, and he also will bring it to pass. What it means to me is, if he called you, that settles it. The fact that this one who promised to never change has been faithful through the ages. He will be faithful again, even in your despair, even in your temptations, even in your weaknesses. He says, I don't want you to decline and move backwards or fall backwards or waver. Would you settle your hope on this calling? Because it's united in this fellowship, in this bond, with the fact that the God who called you is strong enough to uphold you. And it says here, he will bring it to pass. The words God says, he says, I will make a way. The promises of God, the scriptures say, are sure and forever. And they're amen in Jesus. God's promises will come to pass. But it is inevitable that we will go through temptations of despair There'll be moments that we'll want to break the fellowship with him because of that despair. We'll see our own faith in him, our own faith in following the things that we promised we'd follow to the end of our lives and decline. But he says, remember who called you. He is faithful. And what he has called you to will come to pass. His promises for your life have been spoken over you for a reason. And, and so as Paul, I want to go back to the passage I read earlier. It's a trustworthy saying, Timothy. There is a future and there is a hope in Christ. And he can't deny who he is. He is faithful. And he's going to make it happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I see so many, um, so many thoughts or have so many thoughts just going on in my head when I read these passages. How easy it is for us to fall away from you or to do things our own way or to despair and give up hope. But God, I thank you that you are faithful. You see what we're made of. You know and recognize that we, we are but dust. But God, would you remember today that we are created in your image. You breathe life into us. And that you formed a fellowship with us because of your son Jesus. And you can't change. You cannot change. You have promised to be faithful through the ages. Lord, would you renew our trust in you today? Would you remind us of our confession of hope? And remind us that one day all these things will come to pass that you've promised and spoken over us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.